Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. From the Marriott Eaton Centre in downtown Toronto, welcome to the Empire Club of Canada. For those of you joining by either webcast or podcast, welcome to the meeting. I have the uh, privilege of uh, asking Scott Clark from Bruce Power to come up to introduce our, uh, our uh, to introduce the minister. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, on behalf of Bruce Power, we're delighted to have the opportunity to introduce the Honourable Monty McNaughton for today's Empire Club Luncheon. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Bruce Power is located uh, on the shores of Lake Huron, uh, located near Tiverton, Ontario. Uh, Bruce Power provides 30% of Ontario's electricity at 30% less than the average cost to produce residential power. And we provide thousands of jobs for the residents of Bruce, Gray, and Huron counties. Our current investment and operation program at Bruce Power projects to create and sustain 22,000 yearly jobs and inject $4 billion into Ontario's economy. Additionally, Bruce Power is a world leader in the production of critical radioisotopes used for important cancer treatments. In 2016, we embarked on a multi-decade plan to extend the life of our nuclear assets. And later this week, we will embark on another key milestone as we begin the multi-year major component replacement program on our unit number six. I share this with you because a long-term supply of quality skilled trades professionals will be critical, not only for Ontario's economy over the next number of decades, but will be the foundation of Bruce Power's success in achieving our life extension and major, major component replacement projects. Minister McNaughton, your demonstrated leadership on the infrastructure file and now on the labour and skills front should be commended, as these areas will see tremendous demand for skilled trades over the next decades. Your focus on ensuring young Ontarians know about the opportunities in the skilled trades and providing a clear pathway to these opportunities was a much-needed change, and we applaud your government for those efforts. Bruce Power has been actively working with local colleges, our union partners, many of which are here today, and our suppliers to develop a strong and stable supply of skilled trades. With the support of your government, Mr. Minister McNaughton, we have advanced new pre-apprenticeship programs designed to help individuals upskill their credentials in order to meet the, uh, the designated or um, entry paths in, in order to pursue a career in the skilled trades. We've been able to expand local course offerings at our local college, and more importantly, we've been able to uh, change the equation with respect to uh, skilled trades, uh, uh, apprenticeship educational offerings, bringing the programming local, closer to our area, and thereby eliminating the barrier that was uh, preventing our, our local youth from uh, having to commute down to, uh, to whether it be to uh, the GTA or other areas in the province, which was a barrier to them uh, uh, pursuing their apprenticeship. With this type of support, we are encouraged that we are attracting new talent and more importantly, removing the barriers that, we are, that we're preventing them from obtaining a rewarding career in the skilled trades. Minister, there is a bright future in the skilled trades and Bruce Power looks forward to continuing to work with the government to deliver on your vision of growth and prosperity in the skilled trades. It is my pleasure to introduce the Honourable Monty McNaughton for his discussion today, breaking the stigma around the skilled trades. Minister. Well, thank you uh, very much, uh, Scott, for that uh, kind uh, introduction and really to set the tone uh, for the discussion uh, and the remarks that I'm going to deliver uh, today. 
I want to uh, thank all of you uh, for joining us here for today's very important event. It's great to be around so many friends, and I'm not going to risk overlooking anybody by naming names, uh, except for two. The first is Jane McKenna, a superb MPP for the people of Burlington and an outstanding parliamentary assistant to the Ministry of Labour, Training and Skills Development. Jane has played an enormous role in so much of what I'm going to talk about today. So thank you, Jane, for being here today. And of course, I also want to thank my wife, Kate, who is in the audience today. Kate has been such a great support to me and an amazing mother to our six-year-old daughter, Annie. I take any chance I get to publicly thank her. So thank you, Kate. I also recently promised that I would take Kate to a romantic lunch. So here we are, Kate. Well, I know uh, a lot of you in this room. I'm not going to assume that you all know me. Politicians have a reputation uh, about talking about themselves. Trust me, I get it. But let me just focus on a couple of points that I think matter. First, I'm a small business guy at heart. I come from a small town in southwestern Ontario. Real small. <laughs> Newberry, a town of 425 people. Together with my dad and brother, I managed our family's home hardware building supply business. Small business is important everywhere, but it is particularly important in small towns. It was here that I got my first exposure to the labor movement, and in particular, to tradespeople. Because here is something else about small town Ontario. Things only work when everybody works together. Business, labor, government, people. I started at the store very young. So young that as Minister of Labor, Training and Skills Development, I can't actually tell you the age that I started. <laughs> but when I officially started, I'll never forget a piece of advice that my father gave to me. I had just graduated from Westervelt Business College and I was spending a little too much time in the office. One day my father came upstairs and said, Monty, if we don't take care of the customer, someone else will. I didn't quite move fast enough, so he drove it home for me. He said, get your butt out of the office, onto the floor, help the customer. I took care of our customers, many of whom were carpenters, plumbers, farmers, electricians, and of course, do-it-yourselfers. I helped them get what they needed, and I helped them load their trucks. I saw up close how hard they worked and their pride in a job well done. These are foundational values to small town Ontario. They're foundational values to all of Ontario. And there are values that will always matter to Premier Ford and our government. Now let me tell you one more thing about my upbringing. My parents didn't mince words. You always knew exactly where you stood. As I became older, got married, and became a parent, 
I learned, as many of us in this room do, that there was some wisdom in how the previous generation did some things. Kate and I are approaching our 11th wedding anniversary. I mention that because on my wedding night, I remember a great piece of advice my mother gave me. She said, marriage is beautiful, it's wonderful, but it can also be tough. There will be some good days and there will be some challenging ones too. But no matter what happens, always keep talking. It's truly great advice for marriage. And you know what? It's great advice for politics as well. It's advice I've taken to heart in this job. It's one of the first things I thought of when Premier Ford asked me to become Minister of Labour last June. Because that very day, I hopped on the phone and started a conversation with every single Labour-connected person and group I could get a hold of. And as those Labour partners know in this room, I have not stopped. I see many of you here today. To date, I've sat down with nearly 150 Labour leaders and countless workers as well as employers. And I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to keep listening to you. Do we agree on everything? Well, no. But even during disagreements, and especially during disagreements, we keep the lines of communication open. We must keep talking. That will always be my ironclad commitment to Ontario's labour movement. I will always pick up the phone. I will always be ready to listen. When I became Minister of Labour, I said I wanted to march in the Labour Day Parade in Toronto. Officials cautioned me against it. Apparently, it hadn't been done in many, many years. So I marched, and you better believe I will march again. If someone wants to boo me, fine. But if they want to talk to me, all the better. Because that's how you make change happen. Now listen, I'm a conservative. I'm a very proud conservative. I'm a former small business owner who believes in hard work, supporting families, creating good, well-paying jobs, and keeping people safe on and off the job site. And you know what? I've yet to meet a worker or union leader who disagrees with me on any of these values. Frankly, I'm sick and tired of the usual suspects on all sides who assume that organized labor and conservatives should always be at odds with each other. It's simply wrong. The workers I meet just want to earn an honest day's pay for an honest day's work with benefits that allow them to provide for their family, access to the best training, and an uncompromising commitment to safety. That's what workers believe in, and so do I. Where I come from... Where I come from, these are conservative principles. They aren't born in the corner office of an ivory tower. They're born on the job site or the loading dock. Because there are certain values that should unite all of us. Self-sufficiency, fairness, hard work, and respect. They are important to me. They are important to Premier Ford. And they are important to every single worker in the province of Ontario. And if I have to be the one to shatter some stereotypes about Conservatives along the way, 
then so be it. I'm happy to do it because it's long overdue. I will always stand with the working people of this province. And listen, we need to work together. We need to work together because we have a looming problem in Ontario. On any given day, more than 200,000 jobs are going unfilled right here. That's a problem the size of Oakville. In the construction sector alone, there are 13,000 of them. Think about that. The jobs exist, the paychecks are ready to be collected, but the workers just aren't there. I was at George Brown College last week, and the director of the Culinary Arts Program told me there are four jobs for every one student. The fact is, skilled tradespeople are retiring faster than we can replace them. A number of years ago, the Conference Board of Canada put a number on this. They said the skills gap was costing our province $24 billion in foregone GDP every single year. For the sake of our economy, something has to give. We've taken a good look at this problem and figured out there are three factors at play. First, there are enduring stigmas around the trades that we must break. Second, the system is too complex. We need to simplify it. And third, we need business to play a greater role on taking on more apprentices. So let me work backwards by beginning with business. About one in five new jobs are expected to be created in the skilled trades. The Canadian construction industry alone says that we will need about 300,000 skilled workers over the next decade. Yet, my officials tell me that only about 6% of businesses in Ontario register apprentices every year compared to 19% across Canada. This isn't good enough. It has to change. Apprentices are a great way to help employers take on more projects. Their training can be tailored to the workplace. Apprentices are a good way to train another you. And I think we've all thought at one point or another how helpful it would be to have another one of us. In my case, I would have had another one of me on the shop floor and another one in the lumberyard. And even better news, according to the Canadian Apprenticeship Forum, every dollar an employer invests in an apprenticeship results in a return of $1.47. My background is in small business, as I said. I believe that government's role is to create conditions to allow businesses to thrive. But I want to say clearly, if businesses don't step up and start taking on new apprentices, our economy will suffer. There is no excuse. It's time for the business community to step up to the plate. And I'm more than happy to be the one delivering that message. I'm about to set out on a listening tour where I will talk face to face with employers about the issues they encounter with the current system. And if government is part of the problem, I want to make sure that government becomes part of the solution. Already, we've heard employers struggle to find a clear path to discover apprentices. Many, in fact, actually turn to Kijiji or word of mouth to find them. I want you to know that you can visit Ontario.ca forward slash hire an apprentice to learn how to register, find, and train an apprentice. We all have a role to play. 
We recently re relocated the Ontario Job Bank and are promoting it as a place to post apprenticeship opportunities. We've seen some very early positive results with increased visits to our online resources for employers and over 200 brand new apprenticeships posted on that job bank. Which brings me to my second point. We must simplify the system. I've heard complaints Ontario apprentices are, st are stuck in the 20th century with paper forms requir required to fill out three times along with wet signatures and multiple layers of bureaucracy. This is unacceptable. It has to change and it will. We have taken important first steps to cut red tape for businesses and increase access to apprenticeships and the skilled trades. Those steps include setting journey person to apprentice ratios at one to one. This allows employers to hire and train more apprentices without compromising safety or training quality. We are also in the process of winding down the College of Trades, which too often served as an obstacle rather than a springboard to getting apprentices into the workforce. Already we are seeing some early signs that these changes are making a difference. Total apprenticeship registrations are 6% higher than last year. Apprenticeships in the construction sector are about 12% higher than the same time last year. But there is still a lot more work to do. And this is why, as I mentioned earlier, I will soon hit the road to get as many good ideas as I can to fix the system. I'm putting my uh, dad's advice into action here. I'm getting out of the office, onto the shop floor, going to where the actual work is being done. Because the people on the front lines always know what's working and what isn't. And this brings me to my final point. I strongly believe that all the initiatives um, that we're doing will make a big difference. But I believe the biggest, challenges, the biggest challenge uh, facing the trades is not rooted in some policy or regulation or some peace in regulation. It's actually cultural. Too many people, including many parents and guidance counselors, are wedded to stereotypes that treat the trades as a second class career, a second best option, or a consolation prize. Many young people are still being pushed toward university as the ultimate post-secondary choice. And while any post-secondary education is a good thing, university is not the best choice for everybody. And it's not the best choice for Ontario's job market. I wonder how many students end up funneled towards programs they find unsatisfying with daunting job prospects upon graduation. All because nobody told them that they can build a satisfying, well-paying career in the, in the trades. So our ministry conducted some research. They asked parents and children their impressions of the trades. The observations they got back were quite startling. The first is that many young people simply aren't aware the skilled trades are a viable career path. They don't know the opportunity is there. The second observation is that even when they do know that certain trades exist, they don't know how to explore those trades. One young person said something I won't soon forget. He said, I know how to become a doctor, but I don't know how to become a carpenter. 
We need to fix that, and we will. Finally, our research found that many young people and their, and their parents viewed the trades as easy, repetitive work. They saw the trades as dead-end jobs rather than rewarding careers. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Jobs in the trades are rewarding. They involve problem solving. They afford workers independence and abundant employment opportunities. It's clear we need to start a frank conversation with young people, their parents, and guidance counselors. That's why on Friday, I was proud to unveil an advertising campaign designed to fight this stigma. Take a look. Make more than a living. Be proud of what you do. Enter the trades, where you can be proud of what you give, proud of what you know, and proud of what you build. Be proud of what you do with a career you wouldn't trade. Explore the trades at ontario.ca slash trades. Passions are important. So are paychecks. Find success with a career in the skilled trades. Make it in the trades. I mean, I've had clients who look at me and go, you, you're gonna climb my tree? My name is Jennifer Carroll and I'm a certified arborist. It seems I was kind of following my dad's footsteps. He ended up becoming an arborist. They ended up throwing me in one of my father's belts and told me to go up a tree and then ended up being pretty good at it, I suppose, for a beginner. The company ended up offering me to go to school for arboriculture. I couldn't turn down preschooling, so I went and ended up really enjoying it. I've been in the industry for nine years now. It's a love affair for the environment. Anyone entering this career, you gotta have the work ethic. Suck it up, walk it off, get going, get up the trees. It's a lifestyle. You have to have the mentality of never stop learning. We need more people out there and it shouldn't be a second thing of, you know, going to university or going to college. It's just a choice and what's going to bring value to your life. Great. I hope you uh, enjoyed them. I think um, the, the team did an amazing job putting these together. Uh, we created those ads by choosing three real tradespeople with in-demand, high-income careers. A tower crane operator, a steam fitter, and an arborist. They're fast-paced and motivating. The intention is to match the passion of the tradespeople that they are featuring. You can expect to see a lot more of those in the months ahead. And if you're not seeing them, then please help me by posting them yourself on your social media and ask your followers to share. Because we desperately need to get this message out. We need to get it out to parents and we need to get it out to our kids. Jobs in the skilled trades can be as exciting, fulfilling and lucrative as any job outside of them. It's a message I particularly want more women and more people from across all of Ontario's diverse cultural communities to hear that jobs in the trades are for everybody. I have many friends in the trades who are earning six-figure salaries. In fact, one of the women uh, in the ads said she knows fellow tower crane operators making more than PhDs. 
What a great message. Of course, an ad campaign on its own is not enough. That's why we're also investing $12.7 million in the Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program this year. The program exposes high school students to apprenticeship opportunities uh, while they complete uh, and work towards their high school diploma. More than 18,000 students participated in the program last year. And I'm certain, complete, completely certain, that among those 18,000 students, there are more than a few now considering a career in the trades who were not previously. There is also the Specialist High Skills Majors Program, which provides high school students with opportunities to learn about a variety of career possibilities. And finally, we're investing nearly $21 million to help young people with an interest in trades gain skills through 91 pre-apprenticeship programs. This will help more than 1,800 young people this year alone. So to conclude, I want to thank all of you for being here today. I cannot achieve my mission to uh, break the stigma around the skilled trades, to simplify the system, to encourage businesses to take on apprentices with all of you in this room and beyond. As a small business person, I know the value of networking. So please, go on social media and echo this advertisement. I'll be reposting it this afternoon. Show it to everyone, to your friends, your neighbours and their kids. And if you're a business, please consider taking on an apprentice. You can take the first step by visiting the site I mentioned earlier, ontario.ca slash hire an apprentice. This way, together, we will work to eliminate Ontario's labour shortage, give our young people an opportunity to flourish, and send a strong message that the skilled trades are a viable first career option in a province that is truly open for business. Thank you very much. Wonderful. I'm pleased to ask uh, Sean McFarling uh, from Leona to come up to offer appreciations. Minister McNaughton, distinguished guests, it's an honour for me to give today's closing remarks on behalf of the Labourers International Union of North America. As counsel to Lyuna, I've had the privilege of working with Minister McNaughton on a number of key issues over the years, both in his role as an MPP and in uh, the two roles you've had as minister. Minister McNaughton has demonstrated a commitment to working with the trades, our employer partners, to ensure that the government adopts policies that benefit workers, employers, and all the people of Ontario. Today's remarks are another example of this commitment to building a better Ontario. From the construction of schools, to hospitals, to roads, sewers, and bridges, our members, along with the other trades, build the infrastructure that uh, allows the, our communities to prosper and thrive. As today's workforce ages, it's critical that we encourage people to enter the trades. And just your, your video ticked me a little off script because there's a, an example of the tower crane operator. And I remember at the beginning of my career, I represented tower crane operators, and I was helping one individual with a, a wage issue he had, 
And I realized when I was looking at his pay stubs that it would be years into my career as a lawyer before I would come close to making the kind of money that that tower crane <laughs> operator was making. Minister, we applaud your efforts to attract young people to the trades. Despite the fact that Lyuna has over 130,000 members, we continue to work hard to meet the demand for skilled labor, and we readily acknowledge the importance of young people, women, indigenous peoples, and members of other communities entering the skilled trades and viewing the trades as a viable career option. Many of my colleagues are here today from our training centers, and they are more than ready to teach the skills that the young people and other communities need to be a productive and safe workforce. We need to remind people that a career in the trades is a path to prosperity. At Lyuna, we are proud that our members earn a middle-class income and receive some of the best pension and health benefits in the country. And they do all of this while performing jobs that give them a sense of pride and purpose. Minister, we thank you for your action you are taking to attract people to the trades, and we look forward to working with you to build a better Ontario. Thank you, everyone. Um, thanks. We have a, a number of upcoming events at the Empire Club of Canada. Tonight, uh, I'll be in a unique position as a former Conservative staffer of hosting the Ontario Liberal leaders who are uh, looking to be. Uh, so you might want to come out, make sure I get out of the room. Uh, Annette Versharen, uh, Chair and CEO of NR Store, is coming at the end of the month. Uh, these are all posted on our website. Uh, please check it out. Thank you. This meeting is adjourned. <laughs>